You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. One of the phrases that helped to launch this uh, whole series, and I do want to show it to you again, is our loyalty to the future must be greater than our loyalty to the past. Will you read that or say that with me? Our loyalty to the future must be greater than our loyalty to the past. Very important. It finds its application on all different levels in our life. As a church, uh, you, your family, your finances, uh, your children, your plans for your life. I trust that you all are lifelong learners. If you're, if you're not, that you'll start to shift gears. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later this year. Um, but all of us, I don't care how old you are, how young you are, we need to be dedicated to the fact that I am a lifelong learner so that you can continue to add value to yourself. And the more value that you add to yourself, the more valuable you are for the kingdom of God and for other people. So it's a very important thing. Amen. Now, as we are looking forward... Just look around a little bit and we find many problems in the world today. Now, that's another thing about coming to church. I don't like coming to church just to hear bad news and and hear how bad we're missing it. And uh, good luck with that. And God's mad at you. Have a great week. Uh, Jesus said that he was anointed to preach the gospel. And the gospel literally means good news. And you have to have good news because of the news. And most of the news is bad. A lot of the news are the exceptions. That's what makes it newsworthy. You know, we don't hear news reports. This study just in, everyone has a belly button. We knew that. Here's what's newsworthy. A man has been found. Who has no belly button. You know, it's the exception. And so when the weather's all nice, you know, it doesn't really make the news. Uh, The weather's bad, it makes the news. Uh, How many of you know that we do have many more sunny days than we do stormy days? You really do. I mean, just in the natural, you do. And so we've got to get our mindset balanced concerning these things. But there's so much news and bad news. And sometimes the news stations will try to, and it's almost pathetic, throw in some good news. A baby panda was born. Well, that's awesome. That really does not help me. And then if I get a chance, I'll go visit him and throw him a cracker or whatever. Y'all hear me. I'm not anti-animal or anything. Okay. But, but that's not really good news. Are y'all with me? I mean, that doesn't change me. That doesn't help to balance out just all the rest of the stuff that I just heard. And so we're going to have to get some good news from a real source of good news. And that is from God, who's able to undo, outdo, overdo anything that would be going on in the world. So as we look at the news, I want to, I want to bring up some news, some bad news even, and then put it in some perspective here. And how do we handle this to be able to continue to look forward? First of all, you just look at the economy and we're very, uh, you know, aware of the economy and some things are doing better concerning the economy. Uh, and then there's naysayers and yaysayers all the time. I'll go ahead and tell you again, 
exactly what the economy will do. <clears throat> the economy will do what the economy has always done. It will go up and it will go down. It will go up and it will go down and level out and up and down, up and down, level out. It will do that. It's always done that. It's always going to do it. And there will always be economy. There will always be commerce right up until the time that the door of the ark gets shut, which is symbolic of the rapture of the church. Okay. And so right up until that time, there will be. So there'll, there'll be all those things and Bible supports all that. So you've got the economy and it hits all of us in different ways, but it hits all of us. So you've got that going on. Then compounding with, with our economy is we're now in a global economy. Don't let that upset you too much. Although I wish it wasn't that way. Sometimes it's just part of working toward an end time plan. Because one of the aces that the Antichrist will bring out is, I can fix this. And then everybody, yeah, you're the guy. Yeah, well, hang on just for a little bit. Aren't you so glad we won't be here for that? <clears throat> so everything working more and more in that global economy. And we're watching Europe right now and Greece. I read something the other day that they slipped on Greece and all of Europe fell. <clears throat> And, you know, you've got the euro very shaky and you've got all those things going on. The economy all over the world is having to be propped up. And I'm going to tell you why. Part of it is signs of the times. But part of it is because people do not live by principles. That's why you just get you. You can't spend more than you make. And not just on an individual level, but on a national level and, and a corporate level. You just cannot do that. It does not work without that rooster coming home at some point. And so you have to pay attention to all those things. So we see all of that going on. And if you watch the stock market this week, it, it, you know, it just back and forth on what someone would say or someone would think or a nation would say, well, you know, China said, no, we're, we're cool with it. Or the day before they said, we're not sure about it. And, and the market just going on the words of people and the thoughts of leaders and things like that. I would much rather have a more stable source. And as believers, we can tap into that source. Wish y'all were here for this. And then this week, uh, they came out with a, the hurricane forecast for this year and it's supposed to be hairy and scary and all of that. Do not just accept reports like that. Make sure that you accompany those things, precede those things with prayer, with prayer. Don't, oh, it's going to be horrible. Not at my house and begin to begin to pray, begin to pray and ask, ask God to, to help and to protect and preserve. I'll just tell you, we don't need any hurricanes this year. Okay. And so don't just, Oh, they're coming though. Yeah, and I hope they name one after you, you know. <laughs> and then you've got things going on all over the world, conflict all over the world, Afghanistan, and you have terrorism. And then you've got North and South Korea, uh, you know, rattling sabers. You've, you've got all of these things going on. We've got oil pouring into the Gulf and they don't seem to know how to fix it yet. And you've got all these problems on a macro level. And then you've got problems that sometimes you can't even pay attention to the big world problems because of problems on the micro level. And that is on your level, right where you're at, your life, your house, your body, your wallet, your situations. And we've got all of those things going on. And yet somehow we're supposed to look forward 
And I want you to look forward and to lift up your eyes. And your redemption draws nigh. And he is the glory and the lifter of your head. And you do have a future and you do have a hope. And the greatest promise of all is God is with you and he will never leave you and he will never forsake you and he will get you to your appointed destination. Amen. And as we look forward into future seasons and look forward into our purpose, uh, we need to precede it by prayer. It's been said that panic is not an effective long-term organizing strategy. And it's better to pray. And as we saw last week, our future is paved through the practice of prayer that paves that road of your future. And so I really encourage you to be active in prayer. And then uh, on Wednesday night, and boy, we're having a wonderful time on Wednesday night, our our series on the Holy Spirit. Uh, In particular, this past Wednesday and coming up, uh, this next one, we're talking about how the Holy Spirit helps you in prayer. And vital, 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 vital truths. And uh, so please get a hold of that as well. Now, in Romans chapter 8, verse 25. First of all, everybody say, I'm looking forward. All right. Romans chapter 8, verse 25. It says, but if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. So let's look at this. We have hope. And that's important that we have it. And we hope for what is not seen, which is part of the definition of hope. You know, it's, it's about something. You don't hope for something that you already see. So part of the definition of that is we hope for what we do not see. It's not manifest yet. And the scripture says, so we eagerly wait. We eagerly wait for what we hope for. Church, get with me. Now, we eagerly wait for what we hope for. We eagerly wait for what we hope for, but we don't just eagerly wait for what we hope for all by itself. We eagerly wait with perseverance, with perseverance for what we hope for. So the first thing is you better get some hope stirred up in you. Hope must be present. Hope is a prerequisite for looking forward. Hope is looking forward. Hope is for something good. It's for something better. Hope is for what could be and what should be. I really have a hard time hanging out with negative naysayers. I really do. Because they, they have no hope. And the, the words that spew from a hopeless person are typically godless words too. Because the, book, the Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians that there are people that are without hope and without God in this world. It goes together. And so you better make sure that we're factoring in God into every equation. And then I can have hope for my country and for my kids and for our government and for our economy and for my health and and for the Gulf. Seriously, we can pray about things like that and we can hope for things like that. Don't you hope they're able to fix that and quick? Don't you hope they're able to clean that up? I heard a guy on satellite radio the other day and it's just like, who are you for, buddy? I mean, who are you for? Because everything was negative and he was down on everybody and everything. And this is going to ruin this. And then the hurricanes are going to come and and it's going to stir it all up. And then there's going to be no fish. And then we're going to start to eat this and blah, blah, blah. And and I thought, see ya. (laughs) And went over to to some easy listening jazz. And I felt way better. Seriously. Some things you do not sit around and eat. All right. So we hope and we hope for what could be and we hope for what should be. 
And as I shared with you earlier in this series, the soul is healthy when hope is present. The soul is healthy when hope is present. So you need to stir up that hope. And hope, as Hebrews tells us, is the anchor for the soul. So we hope. Everybody say, I hope. And then we wait. Everybody say, wait. Now, the scripture here says eagerly wait or wait eagerly. It, those two words are just one word in the, in the Greek New Testament. And it's just that one word, and it means to wait eagerly. Um, it reminds me, every, every Christmas, um, I'll go up and wake all the kids Christmas morning. I'll wake all the kids, and they sleep upstairs. And I say, get ready, get ready. And uh, I'm like a kid, you know, on Christmas. And so, y'all get ready. You know, sometimes I'll wake them up with my trumpet. I'll walk through and, and play a little Christmas carol or whatever. And they're like, dad, you know, they love it. <laughs> they do. They'll talk about it later. They will. I wake them all up. Y'all get ready, you know, a little bit. Why do we got to get ready? Because your mom's going to take pictures. That's why. And so uh, they get all ready and I make them sit in the staircase till we say now it's now it's ready. And we get pictures every year of them. And what are they doing sitting on that staircase eagerly waiting? Eagerly waiting, eagerly waiting. And that's how we need to be for the thing that we hope for is we need to be eagerly waiting. How many of you know there's some other ways to wait? Have you ever been in a waiting room or the customer lounge, service lounge, or uh, you go to a restaurant and they give you a little beeper pager deal? You know, it's going to be 40 to 45 days <laughs> till your table's ready, you know. And people wait in different ways. Some people are calm and kind. You got others that are huffing and puffing. You got people that are complaining. You got people sleeping. I actually took my Jeep in not too long ago and got the oil changed. And I'm sitting there in the customer service lounge and I'm, I'm reading. And I look up because I, I heard this noise. And I thought, did I hear what I heard? And this guy is sawing logs, man. He's just, he's just out. So I, shame on me, but I took my little camera phone, (laughs) sent it to my kids. Yeah. And then my personal favorite of how people wait, actually it's not my personal favorite, is the loud tell everybody your story. There's 30 people there, but this one person has to commandeer the whole room and tell them about their last surgery or whatever. But we are eagerly waiting. Everybody say, I am eagerly waiting. And we are to hope and wait with perseverance, perseverance. And this is really what we want to zero in on this morning. Um, it's a huge, huge factor in being able to look for it in the right way. The Amplified Bible renders it this way, patience and composure, patience and composure. And so our big word that we're going to look at this morning is patience. Everybody say patience. Now, like I said, that's going to hit every one of us. Uh, regarding patience. Patience uh, keeps you in track, uh, on track, and it keeps you in place. Patience helps you to keep it together. When you lose your patience, you kind of come apart emotionally. You kind of come apart in the order of your thinking. Uh, you start to, instead of acting, you start to react when you lose your patience. And it's a very valuable thing. Listen to me, church. It's not a good thing to lose this. How many of you have ever lost this? 
And uh, we're going to look at this just a little bit here today because as we're looking forward into our purpose, into God's plan, into better seasons of our life, as we're looking forward, we wait, we hope, and we wait eagerly with perseverance, with patience and composure. We are impatient by nature. Babies start out impatient. You know, you don't get the food to them quick enough, you know, and by the way, uh, our grandbabies do in about another three, four weeks there. I'm just wanting you to know that. And I've had people ask me, when are you going on vacation? We don't even know. We don't even have it set yet. Cause I, and I know that some people were asking cause, cause we're going to skip church. You better not better not. But, uh, babies by nature, we're impatient. Also by training, we're impatient. By nurture, how we were raised, what was modeled for us by our culture, uh, we're impatient. You know, we, we watch it in life. We watch it with people. We watch it on TV. Uh, for years, we have thought it was funny on TV. You know, you'd see Jackie Gleason blow his top. You know, and that, why, is, why is that funny to us? I'm really not sure. But we've learned patience that way. And then we're also impatient. By what I'm going to call damage or deficit. Damage or deficit. Now hear me clear on this. When you have sin and guilt in your life, you are impatient. Sometimes you can tell something's up with this person. Because of their impatience. Also, we're impatient by damage or deficit because we're overloaded. Or as what, what I would call, we're spent. You're just drained emotionally and physically and, and spiritually. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You just spent. How many of you know what it's like to feel overloaded? You just got too many things going, too many. Big, come on, come on. How many of you are too overloaded? You can't even raise your hand right now. Okay. And I tend to, and I, I really try to guard this, but if I have a tendency to get impatient, it's when I'm either overloaded or I'm spent. And that's the way most people are. When um, we were children, my sister's here. She's younger than I am. And um, that's all I'll say. Uh, she, we had a little chihuahua named Ginger. And chihuahuas are kind of nervous by nature anyway. You know, they just shake and you, you know, don't even know what the deal is. Well, my sister would play with this dog all the time. And she had her little Barbies or dolls out. She'd have the little dog there. And the dog would be patient and just sit there and just shiver and get dressed up or whatever. And then she had a little tricycle, I remember, and she'd put, she'd put the little dog in the basket and drive it around, you know, the little carport and just drive around. The dog would just sit there, patient as could be. And then my mom would put my sister down for a nap and that dog would come unglued. It bited anybody. Part of it, though, was not just my sister. It was radioactivity. <laughs> Seriously, because you had the big TV, remember? And the dog would live under the TV. So I'm sure it was radioactivity. And then it would go lay in front of the refrigerator with that, that vent where the hot air would come out. So it was like my sister, the TV, and the vent by the fridge. Dog lost it. 
And so what happens is sometimes we just get spent and then we, we come undone. But patience, and let me tell you what patience is here. It's steadfastness. It's calmness of spirit. It's long-suffering. It's bravely enduring. It's constancy. And that's the big word here. Patience is constancy. It means that in the Greek, it means to remain under. It means to remain the same. So when you and I are patient and we are persevering, we're patient and we have composure, then no matter what's going on, and here's the goal, here's the deal, listen, is that we remain constant, that we're the same in good times and we're the same in bad times. We're the same when we've got pressure and we're the same when we have pleasure. And that's a goal. I mean, even know, we got a little ways to get there. But that's the goal that, that we would have. Uh, Augustine said that patience is the companion to wisdom. And so they go together. It's a very powerful thing in our life. We have different kinds of patience. We have patience for people. I mean, you know, sometimes we need patience for people. Oh, I'm sorry. I got impatient with, with people. Because in our life, there are careless people. There are selfish people. We run across people that we would call inept. We see even the people we love the most, their faults and their weaknesses. In Ephesians 4, 2, it says, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, patience, same word there, bearing with one another in love. And so there's a patience for one another. There's also a patience for things. Things. This would be events. This would be trouble, trials, delays, things that would happen in our life like that. Romans 12, 12 says rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. That word tribulation means trouble, pressure, or distress. So we bear bravely under trouble, pressure, or distress, continuing steadfastly in prayer. And then we have patience for tasks. Patience for tasks, for projects, for things we're working on. Uh, some of these nature videos, I love them. You know, they'll, they'll do these high def things of the ocean or, or, you know, a certain region of the world. Just incredible. And I was watching one of those with Gabriel a couple months ago. And the narrator talked about, because they caught some incredible footage of some animals chasing down and eating some other animals, something else was going on. Y'all do know that happens. Okay. Some of you are like, really? No, it happens. And it said that the photography team, are you ready for this? Waited almost two years to get that shot. That's called, no, that's called crazy. <laughs> Galatians 6, 9 says this, and let us not grow weary while doing good. In due season, we shall reap if we don't lose heart. And then here's really where I want to go this morning. There's patience for people, patience for things, patience for tasks. But ultimately, there's patience for the promises. Patience for the promises of God. And let's take a moment to look at this. Patience for the promises is vitally important to your future because let me tell you something. That's where your future is. That's where your future is. Look at me. Listen, look, look right here. This is where your future is. Don't just take the future that's handed off to you to the masses. 
Don't just take the, the future that's handed to you by some kind of think tank or the news. Or don't just get averaged in. Listen, you have a future and you have a hope. And your, and your, your future. This is bothering me just a little bit. Sorry. How many of you it was bothering you too? Okay, good. Thank you. How many of you in school when the teacher would erase and leave something bothered you? Okay. There's counseling for that. I'm in that counseling right now. <laughs> but this is where your future is. Say, this is where my future is. Your future is in the promises of God. That's how we're able to look forward. And remember this, that for every problem, for every person, thing, task, there is a promise. For everything, there is a promise. There are, by some people's counts, 8,810 promises in the word of God. And my future is in those promises. I said, my future is in those promises. Why are we not living in the reality of our promises? And I'm going to tell you why. It's because we don't have the patience. We don't have the patience. Let's look at a couple of things. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11. It says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope, there it is again, until the end, <clears throat> that you do not become sluggish or lazy, but imitate those who through faith and, help me, faith and patience inherit the promises. And then in verse 15, and so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promises. Patience comes along and fortifies your faith and combines with your faith so that what you're believing for, you're actually able to inherit and obtain the promises. And it happens not just through faith, because I'm going to tell you something, faith, faith sometimes gets weak. Faith sometimes gets tired. I know some of you, not me. Well, me. Faith gets tired. Faith gets distracted. Faith gets injured. But I'm telling you what, patience comes along and says, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. And it comes and keeps pumping life and helps you to bravely endure and get to the place where you inherit and obtain the promises. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance or patience, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. And then in verse 39, it says, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. The message Bible says, but we're not quitters who lose out. Oh, no, we'll stay with it and survive trusting all the way. And what happens is we need patience. Stop saying I don't have it and stop losing it. It is so vital in the next few minutes. I'm going to show you how to, how to produce and develop and, and have more and more patience in your life. And it'll only take just a couple of minutes to show you this, but I'm telling you, your future is right here. Your future is right here. And you can't get here if you don't have this. Now, Jesus paid the price and everything is in place, but you have to journey there. And your journey is one of faith and the thing that will cause faith to roll and and for faith to have the, the, the power that it needs to get to the place is patience. Everybody say patience again. Now, patience will keep you on track. Patience will keep you in faith and patience. And let me get to this. Just two things. Patience is a choice. Patience is a choice. 
Sometimes we'll tell one another. Now be patient. Be patient. We're telling now. We're going to have a family gathering. So and so is going to be there. Please be patient with them. Because we've got to be patient with people and things and all kinds of stuff. But it is a choice. How many of you know that you can choose to be patient? Come on. You can choose to be patient. How many of you know it's also a choice to that does it? And so we can choose to be patient. Watch this in Colossians chapter 3 verse 12. It says, therefore, as the elect of God, chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, or patience. And what it says is put on, put on. It means like clothing. Sink into it like clothing. Dress yourself. You do it. Angels don't show up and do it. Your pastor and the staff doesn't show up to do it. You do it. And if you are the chosen and the holy and the beloved of God, and you are, then you are to put on, you are to clothe yourself in a number of things, a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And it makes more sense and it works better to wear the whole outfit. You know, if I, and I did this last night, I came out and I asked my wife, I said, but I had the whole, this whole thing together. Does this work? I'm holding my clothes. And she goes, yeah, that, that looks good. And I said, this scarf or that scarf? No, it's fine. Just like that. I don't even think she looked up. But anyway, <laughs> I, fe- I felt better. <clears throat> but what if I went out just with a scarf and said, will this be good for tomorrow? It's out of context. And what you've got to do and what I've got to do is as we choose patience and we put on patience, dress yourself in the whole outfit. Listen, you're chosen of God. You're beloved of God. You're holy because of the work that he's doing in your life. So you need to put on a heart of compassion and humility and goodness and kindness. All the things that are listed right here and patience. Put on the whole outfit and choose. Everybody say, I choose. You choose to be patient and pay attention to it. There's some days you're just not right. How many of you would admit that? How many of you would admit it about your spouse or somebody near you? Okay, yeah, some days. You know, there's just some days where you just, you know, like I've said, all your lights aren't on. All your stuff's not working. You're just kind of, I don't know what it is. And on those days, guess what? You're going to have to pay attention to yourself and realize, you know what? Right now, I'm not, I'm not full of I'm not full speed. Maybe I'm spent. Maybe I'm overloaded. Maybe I'm, I'm just finished something and you need to pay attention to yourself and make the choice. I'm not going to be short with people. I'm not going to be irritable. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to choose to be patient. And then secondly, and lastly, patience is a fruit. It's a fruit. Galatians chapter five, verse 22 says this. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And if you go into verse 23, gentleness and self-control, I want you to notice something. Please notice this. Patience is a part of the whole crop. It's unrealistic. Please get this point. It's unrealistic for you to say, you know what I'm going to be? I'm just going to be more patient. It goes with the whole crop. You're going to have to have some love and some joy 
and some peace. How many of you know that when you're a little low on peace, you're way low on patience? And when you're a little low on joy, you're way low on peace and it all, it all works together. And, and just like clothing yourself in humility and gentleness and kindness and all that, put on the whole outfit. But guess what? You also need the whole crop. It's unrealistic to just say, I'm just going to be patient. But I'm going to tell you what, as you work on being complete in the whole man this way. And let God, by the Holy Spirit, do this work. Galatians 5.22 in the Amplified Bible says this. The fruit of the Spirit is the work which His presence within accomplishes. The more that you and I will cooperate with the Holy Spirit, the more that we choose to be patient and the more that we allow Him to work in our life, it says that the fruit of the Spirit is actually the work which His presence within accomplishes. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 11 in the New Living, it says this. It says, we also pray. Everybody say pray. Pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need and may be filled with joy. This is also fruit of prayer and fruit. And I'm just going to say it just like the scripture of his glorious power. Working in you. You can pray for one another. You can pray for yourself that God, by His glorious power, would cause this to grow in your life. Listen to this also from the Amplified Bible. It says, as a, talking about His glorious power would produce this in you. Every kind of endurance and patience, perseverance, and forbearance. You know what it is? It's God given strength that produces great endurance. And patience. It's fruit. It's fruit. Patience. Listen to me. Patience is the fruit of the power of God working in your life. And the more that you cooperate with that, choose to be patient. But listen, I, how many of you know that can run out? I mean, if you're having a big family reunion, so-and-so is going to be there. I need you to be patient. How many of you are glad the family reunion is only four hours? And then if they said, you know, a little change of plans... We're going to do it Old Testament style. We're going to have an eight day feast. You know, we can only go so far in just our choice to be patient. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to do a work. Pray for yourself. It's okay to do that. And pray for others around you that God would help that whole crop come to harvest so that you could have every kind of endurance and patience, perseverance and forbearance. I'm about to close in James chapter one, verse two. Through four, it says, my brethren, say, that's me. Count it all joy. Now, I used to not enjoy or understand this verse. Watch this. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. You got to keep reading. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces, literally means this, works out, causes to come out, produces patience. Now, I'm, I'm going to put it to you this way, just real quick. I got to hurry on this. Faith is out in the front yard. And bullies come along. Trials, temptations, adversity and pressure come out against your faith. He's out in the front yard. But it says that patience, let me read it just right for you here. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith out in the front yard produces or causes to come out patience. Guess, guess what? Suddenly the screen door slings open. 
And who steps out? Patience. And when patience comes out, look what happens here. Let patience have its perfect work. You can make a movie out of this. <laughs> that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The more that your patience is developed and you let it work, the more complete you become. Patience, and I've got to just cut it off right here. Patience connects you to the promises of God. Patience connects you to the promises of God so that you can inherit and obtain the promises. And look at me, listen to me. And your future is in the promises. Your future is in the promises. And if we're going to get there, it's not just faith alone. It's faith and patience. And when you allow patience to work and be developed in your life, then you're going to be able to be looking forward. Did you get anything at all out of this today? All right. Good deal.